this coming weekend, uh, the Lord's death, and then his resurrection the third day, and, um, and what a great Savior. Well, these words were penned by Robert Frost. Maybe you've heard them before. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both, and be one traveler long I stood, and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other as just as fair, and having perhaps the best claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear. Though as for that, the passing there had worn them really about the same, and both that morning equally lay, and leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh. Somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. What way are you on? Throughout life, actually, basically, and every day, there are paths that we choose, roads we take, and those ways determine what's going to come in the end. And there is probably quite a bit of truth in that poem and things that were shared. That's the question we've been considering now for a few weeks. And tonight we have opportunity to, Lord willing, conclude that as we look at the positive aspect, the wisdom way in your outline, Roman numeral two, if you still have it. Don't forget that 57 times in the book of Proverbs we see this word way mentioned and many times it's talking about one way or good way or a bad way and tells us a number of specific truths in regard to that. Last week we looked at the wicked way and a number of truths that and, and before that even we looked at some just basic ideas about the way. But uh, today we look at the positive side and we begin in Proverbs chapter 3. In Proverbs chapter 3, where the wisdom way is discussed. Uh, in Proverbs chapter 3, these words, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. The first three chapters of the book of Proverbs, actually uh, more than that, the whole book is the, is the book of wisdom, I know. But in these first three chapters, a lot is said about wisdom, and a lot of discussed about wisdom. Verse 13, idea of, of the blessed and of wisdom. This, if you would, ways in verse 17. That's where I wanted to Because it says, her ways, that's wisdom's way, pleasantness and our peace. Ah, it's great when you have alliteration, right done for you already, you know. Uh, but of the wisdom way, first described as a way of pleasantness and peace. You know, God tells us about this road, going down this road, even though it's the less traveled road, uh, uh, to be the most desirable road, it is ultimately a pleasant way. Um, now, it's interesting to me because... As we've been studying out the matter, even the wicked way, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man. Everyone is going to argue that their way is the right way. 
that their way is the best way. Because the reason they're on it is because they're convinced that it is indeed the best way. So lost people are going to tell you that this way is be- their way is the best way. But we have to take God's word for it, and that's what we have to do in chapter 3 if we're going to choose the right path. In fact, uh, in many places in Proverbs, if we're going to choose the right path, we've got to accept what God says about it. And God. Um, now, each side believes their way is best. And quite honestly, a lost world looks at the way of the Christian and says, there's no way that that could be a pleasant way. Come on, have you had I have. Um, you know, uh, I, I've heard, uh, well, I've said this myself. I've said Part of New Year's celebrations with Christians is far better than standing it doing what lost people do. You know, most don't even remember what they did the night before. The next day, they have a, a terrible hangover. So, and then about going and doing it again the next. And and those people will look at me as a Christian and say, "Really, you went to church? You know, um, or you know, you went and you, you Christians, you didn't drink anything, you didn't." No, I don't need uh, It's a, people look at the and they can't fathom walking that way. Um, you know, you can't smoke, you can't drink, you can't go to parties, you can't do this, you can't do that. You can go to church all the time. And the truth is, it's a pleasant way. It's delightful. That's what pleasantness means in this passage. And God tells us that. And here's the truth. You don't ever know that until you go down it. And you experience it, you find that, you know, God's way doesn't add sorrow with it. God's way is a way of pleasantness. There's a little peace. Walking in the way of God is not only a path of pleasantness, but it's a path of peace. Now, i got to say, not always outward but inward peace. Look, many a Christian has chosen the way of wisdom, and they paid a price for it, haven't they? I mean, look in Hebrews chapter 11. Well, I mean, we, we talk about Abraham. What a wonderful walk of faith it was. He left his home. He left his family. He left everything that was familiar to him. Uh, and then he never, never actually had any land other than the burial plot in the promised land that God said he would have. Um, and yet, Yet there was a blessing in walking with God. A lot of Christians in Hebrews 11 face turmoil and strife. I, I, you know, the words, we just read over them toward the end of the chapter, but some were sawn asunder, a terrible, terrible way to die. You look at the Christians in, in Rome during the, the, the period just after the, the early church fathers, Peter and James and John, when they passed off the scene, which by the way were tortured suffered for their faith. But you look at the Christians and term peace and many died uh, with God's peace to know that when you choose the right way, it is a way. Well, look in chapter 3 and a little bit later as... um, uh, he, he talks about, continue to talk about wisdom. Verse 21. The, the, let not them from thine eyes keep sound wisdom and destruction. And what are they going to be? Life to your soul. They're going to be grace to your neck. And then don't 
It's in verse 23. What's going to happen? Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. It's a way of protection. Protection. Solomon shares that in addition to light and peace of the way, the wisdom way, it's a way of safety. Now again, uh, that doesn't mean that problems don't come, dangers don't come, that, that life may not be threatened and limb, all right? Um, uh, it doesn't mean that there's no trouble thing. What it's talking about is that this life is a life of refuge. So I guess we could argue a little bit this matter of peace, but not just peace, but um, there's a lot of sorrows that come to the wicked that those on the wisdom way never experience. They don't have to go through. Uh, again, go back to the church. You know, I've, I've never woke up with a hangover all my life. I know, I'm not missing anything. That's, that's, that's the thing. It's a, it is a way of protection. It is. It protects you from a lot of the consequences of sin that come, that people uh, face who are on the way or the way in life. So when I choose the right way, it is protection. I'm, I'm protecting myself from, from the consequences that come because of sin. I know I've said it, shared it before, but I just, I don't know why, but this one always comes to mind when I think of someone who suffers. Don Knotts was in a movie called No Deposit, No Return. And, uh, and in this movie, they were, they were criminals. They ended up, um, uh, oh, I can't, what, they were kids. The kids actually asked them to kidnap them. So anyway, in the story, um, you know, they got these kids that they have kidnapped, although the kids actually were the ones who asked them to kidnap them. And uh, so Don Knox, his coffee keeps turning, the spoon flies, you know, and, and, and Don Knox is like all in a, in a, Panic and a wreck because they're coming to get us. Because anytime he heard this, he was guilty. And you know, when you walk the wisdom way, you don't have those consequences. You don't, you don't have those worries. You don't have those things that are constantly in your life. God places a hedge about people on the wisdom way. Um, in fact, you can write this in. Chapter 10 and verse 29 says, This way is strength, it's like a fortress that you can run to and feel secure and safe when the enemy approaches. And that's what the wisdom way gives you. It gives you security. No, Hey, look, I'm doing what's right. If consequences come, then that's what God has chosen and what God has allowed. But I don't have to worry about the consequences and the weight that that brings upon my life. It's a way of protection. Um, now in chapter 4, interesting thought. But look at the way of wisdom in verse 11. And would someone read it for me, please? Okay, so we find that it's a way of... And here goes alliteration out the door. It must be taught or learned. It must be taught or and learned. Taught and learned. 
It's interesting. Now, what did Solomon say? I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. And again, we laugh because you, you look at the end of Solomon's life and you say, where did he live? And his son made some bad, probably influenced somewhat by his dad's foolishness toward the end of his life. But there was at least a time when Solomon was doing that which was right and teaching his son in the way that was right. And um, we didn't do at that do a child in the way he should go. That's in Proverbs too, isn't it? It's talking about the way. So God understands has to be taught and it has to be learned. The right path isn't something, oh man, isn't something within you that you will just naturally do. It's something that has to be learned. It's something that uh, someone needs to be to direct people in. So let's let's Solomon takes it first. Understand it was parents' responsibility primarily to teach his kids the way, and mom's responsibility. Dad. So that there's a responsibility. If you want to go to Deuteronomy chapter four, Deuteronomy chapter six, also grandpa and grandma's responsibility somewhat to have an influence as God gives opportunity to direct their grandkids in the right way, to teach them the way of truth, to, to lead them in the right way. Now, let's also understand that God has given the church, according to Ephesians chapter 4, and he's given pastors and teachers, evangelists and others, gifts and abilities for the perfecting of the saints. That would include children, would it not? Anyone who's part of the family of God. So that... God throughout life has given us many opportunities to know what the right way is, and it's incumbent upon those who have been given authority. Mom and dad, starting right there, then with pastors and, and teachers in the church and others who know the right way, to lead people the right way to go. It's not going to be something that they normally and naturally do. You know, oh, he's such a good boy. I love I love in that line, but it's a lie. It really is. We're not good by nature, and we're not going to do that which is right by nature. We have to be taught, and that's what we find in this passage. The wisdom way has to be taught. It has to be learned, and it has to be accepted by someone themselves, ultimately. I, I mean, that's, that's kind of a sideline, but it's important to say because um, you can't force someone to walk that way. You can only present it to them and teach them in the way and show them the way. And then they have to make a choice. Boom, didn't make the right choice. We can look at others make the right choice. Some that made the right choice. Solomon was put, was taught the way, and he went in. But same family. And so um, just understand that it needs to be taught and learned. Look in chapter 8, and we learn yet another truth about the wisdom way. Chapter 8. Someone got that for me. All right, this is another aspect of about It is a way of what? Does it lead in? 
and the paths of judgment. So as a way of, I'll put it, righteousness, justice. Okay, let's state this point by asking a question. How can someone know if they're on the wisdom way? And answer it in that verse. How can someone know they're on the wisdom way? Well, this isn't a trick question. Verse 20, look at it. Not trying to confuse her. Wisdom way. Okay, fair enough. But look at the verse and think about it, all right? How do I know if I'm on the wisdom way? What's that? Okay, I do right. It's, it's making the right choices. Um, the way of found in these two things, both righteousness and justice. Now, no one said the wisdom way is the easy way. No one ever said that the wisdom way would be found in the majority. It's nice when it is. For a time in America, the majority would have been conservative and would have voted and would have uh, gone the direction of the the way that's that's right. Some still say there is still a majority. It's just that uh, there's cheating going on in the voting. But that's another story for another time. But, uh, you know, the, the question is, wisdom always asks this question, what's the right thing to do? And the right thing isn't always popular. The right thing isn't always, the, isn't always, the crowd isn't always doing it. It was years ago, Vance Habner said this about America. This was, and again, it was a number of years ago, he said, at the rate our nation is dying, we'll have to change our national symbol from an eagle to a vulture. Years ago is so is even clear, you know. Corruption just seems to be multiplying. Basic concepts of right and wrong aren't just being blurred by leaders, but rejected completely. Uh, what is wrong is right. What is right is wrong. Um, and uh, and it's amazing thing that what's what's taking place. Um, and uh, you know we got to realize that walking in the wisdom way is just. In many cases, sadly, this way just, but it'll squarely put us in opposition to the majority. And we need to understand that. It's a way of, uh, it's, it's the way of doing right. So think about this. The wisdom way isn't influenced by politics. It's not influenced by partiality. It's not moved by gifts that are given. It uh, can't be won over. It can't be bought. Um, the wisdom way does right by people. What the color of their skin is. Doesn't matter what their nationality is. Doesn't matter what their upbringing is. Doesn't matter their social standing, their financial standing, or anything else. The wisdom way is just. Every verdict that's rendered on the wisdom way is not based on who the person is, but what's right and wrong and just in the situation that's given. And we've already looked at that. We see in the law how, how God is justice, don't we? 
a lot of, we could ask a lot of questions, but we know we're on the wisdom way. Is it right? Look in chapter 10 and verse 17. We're not too far from there. According to verse 17, he is in the way of life. Okay, so not, as, not only can I discern, all right, what is, the, what is the wisdom way? It's always doing what's right, and it's always doing what's fair and, and, uh, and equal, a, a proper verdict in any situation. All right, but there's something else about the wisdom way in the This is interesting. So when you're, you know you're on the wisdom way when you're corrected and you listen. When coming, someone comes and says, hey, I've got a problem with what's, with what's being done, and you, and you hear it out. And you're willing to evaluate and, and look honestly, and if there's an error in your way, that you will deal with it and correct it. Um, you know you're on the wisdom way. Chapter 23 and verse 19 calls on his son to hear and be wise. And it's kind of that same attitude that, that when you're on the wisdom way, you're just going to, you, you ask yourself what's right, what's just, but you also are willing to be confronted about anything that isn't right and do something about it. Um, Look in chapter, now if you would, and verse 5. Interesting statement is made right at the beginning. The righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way. Do you know what it takes to walk the wisdom way consistently? It takes a, a righteous heart. Obvious. If it's the right way, you're not going to... Like, you have a right heart. Like, duh. Okay. We understand. We get that. You can fool people for a time. You can appear to be walking the wisdom way when you come to church. But to properly walk in the wisdom way requires that you have a heart that's right. Um, I think chapter 13 also gives us that idea. Look in verse 6. Yeah. Look in verse Just uh, the first part of it. Okay, so we have that same idea, don't we? Righteousness, what, is it, what, what does righteousness do to the upright? Keeps them in the way. So it requires a righteous heart. Um, it also appears that chapter 14 and verse 8 suggests the same thing. Um, anyway, that righteousness in the heart and life makes a person's way straight. So here's the truth. All right, the cleaner my heart is, the more effectively I'm going to walk the right way. And there's a number of reasons why that is the case. If I have sin in my heart and life, then I'm going to justify at times the wicked way, and I'm not going to see even the evil of the wicked way. But when I have a right heart, when I have a right desire, and when I'm, I'm just walking with God, there's, there's a tendency to what way is right, what and, um, and so it gives me the opportunity then to not only see what's right and wrong, but when I have a right heart, I want to go that as well. Um, 
Someone asked Lloyd Patterson, a church historian, an interesting question. He said this, how could the early church endure and thrive spiritually without all the tools available for spiritual growth we have readily available today? You, you, you think about it. You walk the word of, word of God and read it at any time, day or night. The early church didn't have any of that. They had couple scrolls, maybe, as they were passed around from church to church. These people didn't have the benefits and blessings that you and I do of, of so many tools available uh, to, to just the, the ability to get with fellow believers. I mean, if there were none in your neighborhood or your area, you wouldn't get with them all that much. Um, so, uh, how did they walk in a right way? Um, it's true, we have so much at our fingertips that no one in the first thousand years of the church or more had access to. And he went on, he explained. Um, he said, you didn't have the written words sitting in their home ready to consult. And you might think that the historian, this Lloyd Patterson, would argue that they met daily. They did, didn't they? Acts chapter 2, you can see that. I don't know how long that went on for, but that's not what he said. He said, early Christian communities were characterized by integrity. And what allowed them to make right decisions and right choices was an integrity of heart. With integrity comes ability. The ability to discern right and wrong, the ability to act on right and wrong and make the right choice. Makes sense. If one is pure, clean, and holy, then they'll be sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. You know, you're not going to really know and experience the working of God very clearly if you're grieving the Spirit of God. Another author had this to say about integrity that's taught in this passage, really. He said, integrity is where it all begins. It is real and concrete. Integrity is measurable. It includes traits like being honest, keeping your word, standing your ground for what is right, maintaining your honor. It is something you can't pretend to have. Real integrity is treating others the way you want to be treated, even when nobody is watching. If your foundation is one of integrity, he went on, he said, your choice and decisions will bear that out. On the other hand, if you lack integrity, that too will become evident. Your upright actions will show in every instance that I do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. So a good question to ask is, are you in the wisdom way because... You have a right heart. You have integrity. And then, um, finally, the last point is chapter, verse 24. Yes, we could say about this matter of the way, but the last we're going to say about the way. The way of life is above to the wise that he may depart from hell beneath. 
Matthew chapter 15 and verse 24, but others tell us that the right way, and we can actually find this in a number of Proverbs, is a life-giving way. Look, it, it, is, it is the way to blessing. It is, the way, um, it is the way that pleases God. It's the way of pleasantness. It's the way of peace. It's the way to choose, but it's not going to be chosen when you have sin in your heart. And, um, and so I, I hope you'll be challenged to walk way because this way, the wisdom way, is the way of, indeed, God's blessing for all of life. And a meaningful, fruitful life as far as God is concerned. Father, thank you for your word, and thank you for uh, the opportunity just to look once again this evening at the way and to consider a number of positive truths about the way and um, help us, Father, to discern the way we're on and to choose the right way. And I, I pray that we would purify our hearts and lives, that we might be better able to discern the right way when the paths are set before us and we're, we're tempted maybe to go one way or the other. And so, Lord, may uh, your people in this room be found on the wisdom way. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you as you make your way right. You're dismissed.